Bibles, please, to Exodus chapter 12. So we have something of a lengthy chapter, 51 verses. So as we say, as we've said so many times, so we say again, let's buckle up and, uh, and get ready to read the Bible together. Exodus chapter 12, verse 1. Hear now the inerrant, infallible, and inspired word of God. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if it be, I'm sorry, and if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it, According to the number of the souls, every man, according to his eating, shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. Ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. And ye shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper doorpost of the houses, wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roasted with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head with his legs, And with the pertinence thereof. And ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning. And that which remaineth of it until the morning ye shall burn with fire. And thus shall ye eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night. And will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt will I execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial. And ye shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Ye shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. Seven days shall ye eat unleavened bread. Even the first day ye shall put away leaven out of your houses. For whosoever eateth leavened bread from the first day until the seventh day, that soul shall be cut off from Israel. And in the first day there shall be an holy convocation, and in the seventh day there shall be an holy convocation to you. No manner of work shall be done in them, save that which every man must eat, that only 
may be done of you. And ye shall observe the feast of unleavened bread, for in this selfsame day have I brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore shall ye observe this day in your generations by an ordinance forever. In the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month at even, ye shall eat unleavened bread until the one and twentieth day of the month at even. Seven days shall there be no leaven found in your houses. For whosoever eateth that which is leavened, even that soul shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he be a stranger or born in the land. Ye shall eat nothing leavened. In all your habitations shall ye eat unleavened bread. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them, Draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. And ye shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out at the door of his house until the morning. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and upon the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto your houses to smite you. And ye shall observe this thing for an ordinance to thee and to thy sons forever. And it shall come to pass when ye be come into the land which the Lord will give you according as he hath promised that ye shall keep this service. And it shall come to pass when your children shall say unto you, What mean ye by this service, that ye shall say? It is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt, when he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses. And the people bowed the head and worshipped. And the children of Israel went away and did as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, So did they. And it came to pass that at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. From the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne unto the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon. And all the firstborn of cattle and Pharaoh rose up in the night. He and all his servants and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt. There was not a house in Egypt Sorry, there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. And he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise up and get you forth from among my people, both ye and the children of Israel, and go serve the Lord as ye have said also. Take your flocks and your herds as ye have said, and be gone and bless me also. And the Egyptians were urgent upon the people that they might send them out of the land in haste. For they said, We be all dead men. And the people took their dough before it was leavened, their kneading troughs being bound up in their clothes and upon their shoulders. And the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses. And they borrowed of the Egyptians jewels of silver, jewels of gold and raiment. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they lent unto them such things as they required. And they spoiled the Egyptians. And the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Sukkot, about 600,000 on foot that were men beside children. And a mixed multitude went up also with them, and flocks and herds, even very much cattle. 
And they baked unleavened cakes of the dough which they brought forth out of Egypt. For it was not leavened because they were thrust out of Egypt and could not tarry, neither had they prepared for themselves any victual. Now the sojourning of the children of Israel who dwelt in Egypt was 430 years. And it came to pass at the end of 430 years, even the selfsame day it came to pass, that all the host of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. It is a night to be much observed unto the Lord for bringing them out from the land of Egypt. This is that night of the Lord to be observed of all the children of Israel in their generations. And the Lord said unto Moses and Aaron, This is the ordinance of the Passover. There shall no stranger eat thereof. But every man's servant that is bought for money, when thou hast circumcised him, then shall he eat thereof. A foreigner and an hired servant shall not eat thereof. In one house shall it be eaten. Thou shalt not carry forth aught of the flesh abroad out of the house, neither shall ye break a bone thereof. All the congregation of Israel shall keep it. And when a stranger shall sojourn with thee and will keep the Passover to the Lord, let all his males be circumcised. Then let him come near and keep it. And he shall be as one that is born in the land. For no uncircumcised person shall eat thereof. One law shall be to him that is homeborn and unto the stranger that sojourneth among you. Thus did all the children of Israel, as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron, so did they. And it came to pass the selfsame day that the Lord did bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt by their armies. May God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his most holy word. I can see we're already past our time. We haven't even spoken of the chapter yet. So, give me just a couple of minutes here. In the first section, notice that the Lord will no longer number the people of Israel in their calendar with the Egyptians or anyone else. This begins their national existence. They will have their own calendar. This night will be the first of nights unto you. That's what the Lord says. He is separating them not only from the Egyptians, but from everything Egyptian, including their calendar. Right? Okay, so this is the beginning of months unto you. It is the first month of the year to you. In verses 3 through 10, we have the ordinance of the Lamb. It is chosen and set apart on the 10th and killed on the 14th. So there are four days where they protect their choice, in other words. It's not a haphazard thing. There's planning and preparation for it. Let's make use of that. Let's remember that worship is something to be prepared for, not something just to be shown up at cold. We want to wring what we can out of it. If you're going to go somewhere or do something, no matter what it is, you want some sort of preparation for it uh, in order to enhance and to magnify and augment the activity. Well, the same is true with regard to worship as well. Without planning and preparation, worship can be something that is less than what it ought to be. So we want to make sure we're preparing. The second thing is the, is the sizing of the lamb pertinent to the house. There are two things that I want you to notice on this. 
And that is that in that day, uh, the, the, the male heads of households had a representative function over their houses. And so the Passover lamb was supposed to be sized according to the eating of the males. And if it was not possible for one or the group of males that were in a house, uh, you know, those older sons and then the father and the, and the grandfather and any uncles that would be living together, if they couldn't eat the whole lamb, they were to join with another house to make sure that the entirety of the lamb was consumed. And if it was not consumed on that night, the next morning it was to be burned. Why is that? Because this meal pointed toward the sacrifice of Christ. The Apostle Paul will tell us that Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. So, if you were to munch on that lamb for two or three days, you might get the impression then that the work of Christ, which this was uh, set to, uh, to, to exhibit proleptically, um, that it would be, um, you know, that there was something... Um, Something beyond this simple one meal. There is one sacrifice of Christ. Right? He is said to be the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He's also, uh, he's also said to be that, that lamb that is slain ephapax in scripture. Once for all. And so in that this meal will be completed in one night. This speaks to the one sacrifice of Christ. You don't keep eating on that lamb for two or three days. This was... You know, keep in mind, this was very unusual in those days, right? They would, they would slay an animal and, and they had ways of preserving that weren't related to refrigeration like we use, but they had chemical preservatives, salt and other such things that they used on meats to keep them so that they could, they could have them as meals for day after day. This was not to be done with this lamb because it was to represent the once for all sacrifice of Christ. So one night, one meal Gather together several houses, if you have to, to eat all of the lamb that one night. Okay, so that's, uh, that's another point that is being pressed here in, uh, down through verse 10. Roasted, not boiled. The flesh is to be kept intact, in other words. You don't, uh, in, order to get it, in order to get the lamb into a pot, you don't take it apart so you can put it down in the pot. You roast it whole. Not a bone shall be broken. All of these things are indicative of the one sacrifice of Christ. That he was sacrificed as a whole Christ for all of his people. And these are similar things that, that are given by way of typology. Notice that there is only one difference between the Israelites' house and the uh, Egyptians' house. And by the way, it's not that they ate lamb that night. It's that they took the blood and they, and they sprinkled that blood on the two uh, side posts of the door, and then the header or the lintel over the top. And they splashed that blood, and the Lord said, when I see the blood, I will pass over. And beloved, this is the distinction of all men in every age. There are those who are under the blood of Christ and those who are not. There are those who are forgiven their sins for Christ Jesus' sake. Those who call upon his name, roll themselves on him, rest upon him, and so on. There are those who call upon his name and those who do not. There are those who have some other paradigm that they're trusting in. They haven't turned from one idol to the true living God, right? The idol that is alive in their hearts, that we all come into this world worshiping. Whether that's our own wills, whatever it is. It is eaten with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. I think the roasting and the unleavened portion of the meal are to speak of the haste, the haste, right? That, 
that we are to recognize that tonight is the night to get out of Egypt and there's not another night. And beloved, we, we hear that, don't we, echoed in the Apostle Paul's sentiments to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 when he will say, now is the day of salvation. Don't put it off. If the Lord is, you know, if, if the Lord is working with you and you're, you're, you're coming under some kind of, of repentance, conviction, uh, some, some warming toward him, beloved, don't put it off. Uh, there was one night to get out of Egypt and all those who stayed, well, it didn't, it, it didn't go well for them. Even all those who left, it didn't go well for them either. But if they remained in Egypt, we know what that turned out to be. Right? Okay, so then we come to, skipping over a lot, we, we come to 11 through 14. We have the mode of consumption and separation of God's people from the judgment in Egypt. They were to eat with their loins girded, shoes on their feet, staff in their hand, and they were to eat in haste. This speaks of the haste that we talked to a few moments ago, the urgency of salvation, generally speaking. We don't know how many days we have upon this world. Um, we don't want to uh, do what our older theologians called repenting at leisure. What is repenting at leisure at its base? It's presumption that we have time. And we don't know how much time we have. Simply put, we don't know. So uh, they were to uh, be hasty in their leaving of Egypt. They were urged to get out of Egypt. They were to show that readiness for travel uh, they do not belong in Egypt. This, is, this will be a marked contrast to the Passover that Christ himself celebrates with his disciples because there is a difference between the Egyptian Passover and all other Passovers. All of the other Passovers were taken up as a meal in a home and they were at their leisure. They were not being pressed out of Egypt that night. So the Egyptian Passover is different from the other Passovers that we will see celebrated throughout the history of Israel. Okay? It is a memorial. It is something that is to be brought to their remembrance every time they eat of it. The remembrance is not, gee, I really like roast lamb. Right? It's the mighty deliverance of God and the meal of faith that they undertook that night. And then not only um, uh, not only that, but but, but the Lord separated the children of Israel not only in the meal, but as we said, in the sprinkling of the blood. And this is indicative then of the blood of Jesus Christ. Okay, so now attached to this ceremony is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. It's an eight-day ceremony overall. Uh, the, uh, the first day is what's called the Passover. Then for seven days after the Passover, they celebrate the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And over again, we hear that if, if anyone uses leaven during that time, they are cut off from the people of Israel. Cut off from the people of Israel means that there is ecclesiastical separation from them. They have sinned a sin that is inconsistent with being members of the children of God. And so they must be restored through what uh, the Greek language calls exomologesis. And that's just a long word that means through confession and restoration. Okay? So uh, they were to be cut off if they, if they partook of leaven. Leaven in the ancient world is an agent that, well, it, we know what leaven does. It's, it's what we emphasize of it that, that 
turns out to be something, right? So there are, there are times when leaven is said to be a good thing. In Christ's parables, he will say, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven, right? I wonder what folks do that interpret leaven always as something evil do with that verse. The kingdom of heaven is like some evil or other. No, it's like leaven in the sense that it starts out little and it permeates throughout the whole and, and you know, makes everything great big, right? But that was also seen in a negative light in some sense because re- remember they didn't always have leaven in those days and they didn't always have cakes that were leavened cakes. And so what does a cake, ladies, that doesn't have any leavening in it look like? Well, it's a small, you know, hard, uh, not so tender thing, right? And what did leaven do? It took a little bit of flour and made it look like a lot. And so sometimes leaven is put for hypocrisy, something appearing different than what it truly is. Sometimes leaven is put for something that is insidious and it just kind of spreads everywhere. And that can be in a good sense or a bad sense. Right? And so the Lord told them here that they were not to have leaven in their houses. And leaven here, again, it's another principle of their separation from all evil. Everyone else in the face of the world will have leaven. Um, we know that leaven is a, you know, it's kind of a natural thing. Uh, my wife makes a lot of bread and I, I asked her, well, don't you need to put any yeast or anything or starter or something in that? And she says, well, I can do that or I can just leave the lid off. It'll collect starter, right? The old uh, sourdoughs, as they were called, they took juniper berries. You know that white chalky stuff that's on the outside of a juniper berry? You know what that is? That's the, that's the leavening agent itself. And so they would mix their flour with leavening agent. Right? They just put those juniper berries in there and just kind of shake it up a little bit. Then they take the juniper berries out and let the yeast go to work. It's that, you know, that stuff is really all around us. Okay, So what would it take to rid your house of leaven? And that's the point. God says, you're my people. You're my special people. I'm going to put something on you that I haven't put on anybody else. And it's not going to be an easy task. But you're going to... You're, you're going to show yourself to be, to be my people by removing all the leaven from your house. Taking it all out. And there will be no hypocrisy, no mixedness then. You'll be that, that, that pure people unto me. And so that was the design of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Of course, those things are passed away. The Passover is gone. As we said earlier today, we don't continue to celebrate a Passover in our day. Um, those Christians that do so, do so at their own peril. We don't want to uh, rear up the things that God has torn down. Right? Okay, so then Moses called for all of the elders in verse 21, and he put into practice what he had advertised. Right? So notice the children of Israel do as they were told. They, they do kill the Passover. They do roast it. And they do spread the blood as they were told. And notice that the destroying angel came to none of the children of Israel's homes. And yet to every home that did not have the blood on it in Egypt. And so there was a cry in the land of Egypt like we said in the last hour. This was the plague that consumed all of the other plagues for grief. And so we note then that that the difference that the Lord placed between the children of Israel and the Egyptians that night was that they had that sprinkling of the blood upon their homes. Oh, beloved, 
Are we sprinkled with the blood of Christ? This is the, the difference that matters. We make all kinds of differences between people today. Right? Political party affiliation. Uh, skin color. Affinities and proclivities. Uh, hobbies. We make all kinds of differences. There's only one difference that matters. Whether or not the blood is on the side post and the lintel or not. That's the difference between men. So then, all the Egyptians died, or the firstborn of all the Egyptians died. And so Pharaoh finally called, and he gave them everything that he was commanded to give them, finally. Only after the Lord had shut him up to the loss of his own firstborn, and as he was worshipped as God in all of Egypt, right? All of his children in every household. And notice it says that, the Lord did what? He smote all the gods of the Egyptians that day. This is where the Lord proved himself to be the true God and all the Egyptian gods to be but dumb idols. And so they came out of Egypt. They came out in haste with their kneading troughs and so on. Uh, without any leavened bread, they came out as unleavened. And then they were indeed uh, out of Egypt there was a mixed multitude that went with them, and we'll hear that, uh, about that mixed multitude later. There were many that came with the children of Israel, the 600,000 men with the women and children. There were others that came with them that were not Israelites, that attached themselves to Israel. They drew more than just those Israelites out of Egypt with them that night. Many that lost their firstborns, uh, their firstborn children came out with them. There was a mixed multitude, it says. And so that mixed multitude then went out with them. And so there were, I don't know how many, two or three million people that came out of Egypt that night. And they journeyed from Ramses to Sukkot, and they ate their unleavened cakes, it says. Um, not a weak and beggarly people, quite a substantial number. And this is exactly what the Lord told Abraham, that in the 430 years of your sons and daughters sojourning, I will make them a great nation. And so all of that word of the Lord was fulfilled. And then finally, the chapter ends. Uh, we, we, we simply wrap up the, uh, the, uh, the command of the Passover going forward. Not just this night in Egypt, but after they get into the land. Now, there are two things that we want to say about this. The first is that there was a separation in ancient Israel between their civil estate and their ecclesiastical estate. Their church estate and their civil estate. When it says here that if any one of the nations wants to come and to partake of the Passover, that is if they want to behave themselves as a part of the Jewish church, they can. But they must join that Jewish church through a proper order. Uh, they must become circumcised, which implies in it instruction and understanding. And, they, and all their males are circumcised. Then they are able to draw near and partake of the Passover. And in so doing, they are, quote, as one born in the land. Ecclesiastically speaking, they are as Jewish as the Jews. Civilly, however, that's not true. And we have to remember from the rest of Scripture that there was a, a land inheritance that belonged to every family of the Jews. And while a stranger could own property in Israel, that there was a time when he had to turn that property back in the year of Jubilee. When all the borders were, were drawn back to their original borderlines that Moses and Joshua had worked out. 
So ecclesiastically speaking, there was no distinction that was placed. Uh, Civilly speaking, there was because of the land promise. So as one born in the land doesn't mean everything some people have said it to mean, and it means a lot more than others have said it doesn't. Right? That they were ecclesiastically united to the people of God. And so we read this uh, 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 about this strange thing here in ancient Israel. What is so very strange about it? It's strange that even in that day, a Gentile could come and be a full participating member of the Jewish church. This is the precursor. This is what God promised to Abraham when he said, In thee shall all of the families of the world uh, be blessed. And then, beyond that, when uh, the Apostle Paul will write to the Ephesian church and say, He, Jesus, is our peace, who has taken down the middle wall of partition, the handwriting of ordinances that was betwixt us, that taking these away, he might make of the twain, Jews and Gentiles, one new man in Christ. But that was advertised here in Exodus chapter 12. With that then, let's stand and continue praying.